0: This is Reclaiming Jane, an Austin podcast for fans on the margins. I'm Emily Davis-Hale. And I'm Lauren Weathers. And today we are wrapping up season one with a review of Sense and Sensibility, plus some questionable consultations offered in a new segment called Advising Austin.
1: Of Sense and Sensibility, book one done, under the belt, moving on. I'm so excited. I've also been very emotional about, you
0: know, finishing our first book and finishing season one, and I feel like we've
1: come so far. Yes. We started from the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're here. Where's Drake when you need him? (laughs) We do have to um, offer up a slight confession, that we did say to bring a libation of your choice to this recording. Um, This is our second recording because we did bring a libation of our choice to the first one and uh, may or may not be related to the fact that then we went back and realized that uh, my microphone was not recording properly. So yeah, this is,
0: this is round two. The first time we've ever re-recorded an episode,
1: but we are here again with renewed enthusiasm and we're still we did it completely off the cuff last time so it honestly might be a little bit better to have a slight sense of where we're going probably a better listening experience all around
0: Mm -hmm. so with that um why don't we jump in where do we want to begin shall we start with uh our general feelings about sense
1: and sensibility yeah let's I would love to hear your your thoughts and your general feelings first since you read it for the first time. Yeah. I have to preface
0: this with saying that I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much or gotten as much out of it if I had read it on my own, which I think I've mentioned before uh, in previous episodes. But I mean, I did really enjoy it and I really like taking the time and Giving the consideration to all of the different things that Austin may have written into this, Mm -hmm. all of her social commentary and her quick satire um, and looking at different aspects of her immediate surroundings socially was really fun.
1: I feel like her humor specifically is really underrated and I really loved picking out all the spots, especially where we could go back and just read passages out loud for the humor for like um, the narration being particularly shady, which I think we pointed out multiple times or just like one character completely being deadpan and other people not picking it up and not seeing the the humor in that. She's such a funny writer. Mm-hmm. and The humor is very subtle, mm-hmm. but it permeates
0: Everything except for you know those most serious moments, which she treats with appropriate gravity. But every thread is so connected that it yeah it it really kind of immerses you in that very specific social moment.
1: Yeah, Bianca Hernandez Knight reposted one of her earlier blogs that was talking about Jane Austen as a wine aunt, and that image is what I now see in my mind every time I read something of hers that's like just tearing apart (laughs) one of the characters in her books is Jane Austen with like a glass of wine by the fire or like some tea just not missing a single detail and understanding like I know exactly how to roast you within an inch of your life and I will do it with a smile and make it sound polite yeah Now I'm already
0: looking forward to whenever the next time I read Sense and Sensibility is just to see what else I can catch
1: yeah, 100%. I think that was mm-hmm. one of the good things for me reading this again was that um, reading it for second or third time, but then also reading it with you and then reading it with specific themes, I definitely got way more out of it and I picked up a lot more than I wouldn't have or just created new interpretations of the book reading it this way and that I um, really liked being able to do because it was such a fun way to read it and I feel like now when I go back like I'll have different emotions associated with each section and so it's like a nice it almost becomes nostalgic to reread the book because of the experience that we had reading the book and not just because of the book itself because Mm -hmm. we made another experience on top of that which I really like
0: yeah it was a really great experience doing um this very particular kind of close reading with the assigned themes so just as a reminder these were all randomly assigned we wrote out a big old list of potential Lenses before we began this season and just kind of slapped them onto different sections. So, some we had very relevant textual evidence, for some, we had to kind of make it fit. Lauren, would you remind us uh, what all of the themes are?
1: Yes, we have read for Sense and Sensibility through the lenses of power, gender, race class, morality, sexuality, trauma, joy, religion, and then adulthood was our last one for our final Sense and Sensibility recap episode.
0: I feel like there are several of those that would not be out of place in sort of your your classic lit analysis course um, dealing with Jane Austen, but others are a little more out of the box. And I have to say, I also really enjoyed researching the historical context of those things how they all might have um, manifested and been understood and perceived during Jane Austen's time it gave me such a different look Mm -hmm. into history because you have to sort of burrow down beyond what the straightforward recorded events were and also get into like Sort of different fields of study as well. There was more than one topic where I ended up having to go look at like psychology research mm-hmm. and that was super fun. It was such a challenge sometimes to pull together relevant research that did talk about the history and that would actually give me some kind of insight
1: but it was it was a really neat challenge. And I really like that we were able to read it that way too because I think It's valuable to be able to have the context because, especially with something that was written so long ago, sometimes we don't really understand what the book is going for without realizing the context in which it was written. So we have that and we acknowledge it. But then also, through looking at through all these different themes, say, okay, we know what the context was and we know it was probably intended. And now for the second half, we're going to ignore that. And here's what meaning we can create regardless. And I think those are two completely valid and just very different ways of reading.
0: Yeah, and both very important ways. I mean, especially the idea of taking these themes and um, sort of looking at the universality of some of these and how they may have been understood and expressed in the past versus how they're understood and expressed now. I think those are really important connections to make with, you know, the classic literature like Jane Austen and trying to help people now see yeah, it's not just stuffy, upper-class
1: white ladies mm-hmm. in the past. We can still relate to these things now. Side note, we have a video that actually kind of touches on this adjustment live for virtual Jane Con. So that's our very first YouTube video. Yay. So if you weren't able to check that out over this past weekend um, and you want to see the, the faces that go with the voices, we're on YouTube and we also chat about why we can still relate to jane austen and her characters despite identity differences or major time period differences or any of that
0: and also why we will not stand for gatekeepers in our community. Very much that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what was your favorite theme that we read through?
0: Oh, that's so difficult because i i liked all of them in such different ways. Some of them were differently more fun and lighter than others. I think power might have been my favorite and also like I'm now looking forward to going back and rereading Sense and Sensibility, um, now that we've been through all of these different topics, I kind of want to go back and like do more in-depth research on power dynamics and relationships, um, during the Regency era, um, Of course, this is just adding to the list of like things I would love to do and papers I would love to write, but I can't because, you know, I'm kind of a full-time PhD student and this is totally unrelated to my field of study, but um, that was such a rich field to explore um, that I would love to devote more time to um, looking at that just, you know, as an historical concept, as a modern concept and then how Jane Austen expresses it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What was your favorite topic?
1: I also really liked power. That was something that was at the top of my mind too, I think just because there's so much that you can do with it. And we had so many different ways to pull it out and to relate it to the chapter. I really liked race because we were able to, I think create like some really cool analogies, but then also learn more and put more into the discussion about what race looked like in the Regency era. Cause I feel like that's missing so often, and people either don't think about including it or purposefully don't. <laughs> and so I really like that we were able to do that. And um, that was definitely one of the standouts for me. Um, and I realized the question was a favorite, but I asked the question, so I'm breaking the rules. <laughs> and then I think my third one was um, sexuality. I really oh, you've love got that a one. Whole, you got a whole top 10 list here. That was only three. Thank you very much. But having rational creatures on was also really cool. That was great. So, do we want to slide on into our advising Austin segment to give our uh, unsolicited advice to these fictional characters?
0: I would love to. So, we've yes. been, you know, sort of reflective and introspective, and now we're going to throw all of that off and just roast some fictional people.
1: Now we're just going to lean into the chaos. Yes. <laughs>
0: Lauren, who are we starting with? Who's our first victim?
1: I feel like we've got to go with one of the Dashwood sisters first. So let's say Eleanor.
0: All right. Eleanor. Oh, Eleanor. We relate to her so hard being eldest daughters, but also...
1: Rose of Eleanor also just self-owns, to be fair.
0: <laughs> Eleanor, learn to keep a diary.
1: Like, Express your emotions. Ask for help. Do, do something. Because you got lucky in this book, and mm-hmm. this would not have worked out well for you. <laughs> Ask for help and stop repressing all of your emotions. Mm-hmm.
0: So Eleanor, um, keep a diary yeah. and learn to express emotion.
1: Yep. I think with Marianne, I think the advice that I would give to her, which I think is like good advice for any teenager who thinks that they've discovered the arts, is that you, you didn't. And you have very good opinions, but also other people have probably discovered whatever piece of classical music you're waxing poetic about and it's okay but you don't own opinions on art and on music Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like Marianne is too earnest to be like a too cool for school hipster Mm -hmm. but she would have like some gatekeeping music opinions (laughs) so I think that would be my advice to her music and literature she would be like a not like other girls literature person I Mm, feel like definitely yeah
0: Moving on from our Dashwood sisters,
1: let's give some advice to Edward.
0: Oh, Edward. (laughs) Oh, my God. The most passive of passive men.
1: Yeah. Is Grow a Spine advice? Yes. Yeah. Please do that. For four years, you were in a relationship with this person, and -hmm. you didn't do anything about it, even after you realized this isn't actually a thing that I would like to continue. You just kind of let that go on and remained miserable and I guess continued leading on this person from afar. Like what was the end game plan here? What was he going to do if she mm-hmm. hadn't outed them? Just be miserable for the like, rest of wh- his life. What kind of
0: a plan is that? <laughs> it's not, it's a terrible <laughs> plan. So yes, Edward, our advice to you is grow a spine.
1: I I feel like grow a spine encapsulates all of it. Like talk to Eleanor, tell her how you feel, grow a spine, break up with Lucy Grow a spine, speak to your mother. Grab a spine. It all comes down to that one thing. Eleanor just has to have enough backbone for the both of them. Because oh, seriously, otherwise I don't know what they're gonna do. Can you imagine, like Edward trying to mediate a conflict between his parishioners? Oh, good lord. <laughs> No,
0: Eleanor's going to have to do all the mediation. Mm-hmm.
1: He's just going to go hide in the rectory and read the Bible, and she's going to have to be the <laughs> one to actually do any of like the mediation and conversation because she's an eldest daughter, and so yep. she's been doing that her whole life.
0: <laughs> Moving on from Edward, um, do we want to tackle Colonel Brandon next? I was about to say,
1: your turn to choose, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about dear Colonel Brandon.
0: Again, I, f- I feel like I don't
1: have anything to say except...
0: Um, Maybe don't be a force for imperialism.
1: Yeah, don't be a colonizer. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't think you need to run off to the West Indies to find yourself. You could just go to like Scotland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to get on a boat. Go take a tour of the Lake District. You know, just get in a carriage. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do all that. It's a bit of overkill. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, like he has a tragic backstory, but he has his life together. So. Yeah. Uh, Aside from maybe don't do a colonialism, I think we're okay with him. I
1: think he and Eleanor have the same problem where it's like, bruh, you need to go see a Regency therapist.
0: All right. Who's next?
1: What's your advice for Lucy?
0: Learn manners. Mm. Stop being so petty because it's not going to get you anywhere in life. I can't blame her for looking out
1: for number one,
0: but yeah, she could lay off the pettiness.
1: I think my advice to her would be don't tell your sister anything because she does not keep secrets. Yeah. (laughs) Anna's a terrible older sister. Yeah. She's not a steel trap, she's a colander. Like everything's just going (laughs) to (laughs) go. Just go right through. You can tell her something and she'll be like, absolutely. I won't tell anyone. And, and then, then turn, turn around. around. <laughs> and the very next person she sees, you will not believe what Lucy has just told me. Like you could have ruined your sister's life. Yeah. So my advice to Lucy is don't tell your sister anything that you want actually kept a secret because that's not going to work for you. All
0: right. Our grand advice finale. Dun, dun, dun. What will we say to Willoughby? Mine would have to be censored by a lot. Mm, yeah, I was going to say, like, my succinct dancer is fuck off.
1: Uh, maybe don't groom teenage girls. He should also go to therapy. For different reasons. Mm-hmm. What other advice would I give to Willoughby? Wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Just saying, if you're going to I was going to say
0: pay child support.
1: Also that. You could prevent that. Like, there are ways. There were ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? (laughs) We did not invent contraception in the 80s.
0: I mean, there were some horrifying contraceptive methods, but, Oh, yeah, let's not go there.
1: Uh, Yeah, so stay away from teenage girls just in general. Yeah. Uh, Pay child support if you're going to ignore that piece of advice and or wrap it up. Please and thank you. Yeah, so Willoughby can just ride off into the sunset and never be heard of again, and that would be great. Yep. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for coming. Thanks for stopping by. (laughs) Please leave forever. Okay. Final, final takeaways from Sense and Sensibility.
0: Final, final takeaways.
1: Last time, last chance, speak now or forever hold your peace.
0: Hmm. I think my final, final takeaway is that it's good to know what you want and to be able to pursue that in a healthy and self-aware
1: manner. Pursue what you want, like life goals or just like even small things. Yeah, both. Nice. What about you? Um, I think my, my final, final takeaway from Sense and Sensibility would be to find balance in all aspects of your life. I feel like that's one of the main goals of the book anyway, is like finding balance between like the sense and the sensibility. But also I think you can expand that to really any area that you want, Like finding balance in work and play, finding balance in keeping things to yourself and sharing what's bothering you and finding a a healthy balance in all areas of your life, I think will be the takeaway, hopefully applied to my own life. You know, we'll see if I actually take any of the advice I give. That's a very nice takeaway. Thank you very much. I I feel like Jane Austen would approve too. I hope so. Why not, Jane Austen? (laughs) Have I made you proud? Yeah, I think she'd appreciate that. Thank
0: you for joining us for this episode of Reclaiming Jane. We are taking a short break for the month of May, but we will be back in June for our Season 2 premiere to focus on Pride and Prejudice.
1: We will also be joined by some very special guests, so keep an eye out on our social media for that big reveal. Until then, to read a full transcript of this episode and all of the episodes from Season 1, check out our website, reclaimingjanepod.com, where you can also find show notes and links to our social media. If you'd like to support us and help us create more content,
0: you can join our Patreon at Reclaiming Pod or leave us a review on iTunes. We do also have an ongoing pledge drive on Patreon. Everyone who signs up before the Season 2 premiere... Will receive an exclusive Fanny Dashwood Hate Club sticker designed by yours truly. So we hope we'll see you over there and maybe at some watch parties during May. Relaming Jane is produced and co hosted by Lauren Weathers and Emily Davis Hale. Our music is by Latasha Bundy and our show art is by Emily Davis Hale. We'll see you next time.
1: We didn't give advice to Fanny, do we want to?
0: I have nothing to say to Fanny Dashwood.